You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hey, Pharmacy Podcast Nation, you got to listen in every Tuesday to stay up to date on the most recent medication therapy topics. Game Changers creates awareness about pharmacotherapy and clinical practice changes that can significantly impact pharmacy practice. Every Tuesday, a new episode of Game Changers is published on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. And always remember, the pharmacist is the hub of healthcare. It's time for us to collectively breathe a sigh of relief, ease into the holidays, and turn the page. Welcome to the Corpreneur Podcast. I'm Ann Arvizu, and I'm inviting you to hop on the fast track from corporate to freedom. Freedom. Executive experience combined with the mindset of successful entrepreneurship will leave you unstoppable. Unstoppable. This content will help you become centered, open, resilient, and energized. So you can build your business, balance your life, and leave your legacy. Ready to unleash your core power? Let's go. Hello, Corpreneurs. Welcome back to the show. This is the last episode of the year, 2020, and our official Happy Holiday 2020 edition. Last year in 2019, I created, coined, and trademarked a few words and phrases. You'll be pretty familiar with one of them, and that word is Corpreneur. If you've been following my show, you know that being a corpreneur is kind of like owning the secret sauce of a business executive skill set combined with the mindset and the creativity of entrepreneurship. And so many of you as listeners, especially those on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, have latched on to the idea that entrepreneurship and entrepreneurism is and will continue to be a hallmark of the new era that we're in. And by new era, I mean new era of business. Business will never be the same again, post-COVID and post a lot of other things that have been going on. On the surface, corpreneur is the corporate entrepreneur, right? That's my easy surface definition. And I define that person as an entrepreneurial executive, a leader who has that entrepreneurial skill set. And it's needed now more than ever. But dig a little deeper, and you may have come to know the acronym for the word core and corpreneur that I coined is centered, open, resilient, and energized. Now, that's my positive core for. If you didn't know, or if you haven't heard a previous episode, the polar opposite of those attributes are my negative core four, which stands for chaos, overwork, at least on the surface, because overwork leads to another O, overwhelm. The R is resistance and the E is exhaustion. Pretty much everything 2020 was, right? Gosh, At first, I thought I was going to go through the list of all the things that happened this year on this episode, from pandemic to political unrest, 
to devastating fires and weather events that have been so strange to murder hornets. Like, what are these two-inch bees showing up in the U.S.? That's so weird. But then I decided, no, enough. No more of the negative and definitely no more of the old. It's time to look forward. It's time for us to collectively breathe a sigh of relief, ease into the holidays, and turn the page. One of my favorite inspirational scriptures goes like this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Hmm. Kind of sounds to me like it's the opposite of the very harsh accounts of this year's happenings across the globe, across our country in the U.S., and across every news channel that bombarded us all. If you're interested, that quote is from Philippians 4.8 from the New Living Translation, if you feel like looking it up. And oh, and fun fact here, when I was in community pharmacy practice some 24 years ago, several of our patients were local newscasters who came in bearing antidepressant prescriptions. Does that tell you something? I remember having a chance to talk with them. And indeed, they felt that they were constantly being bombarded with the news. We've been constantly bombarded with the news this year. And that's one thing, but as a newscaster, there are filters for it every day in their job. We can turn it off. That's tough. That's not saying that all newscasters are depressed. I'm sure if they have learned to be a filter, they've learned to filter it out, kind of like the psychologist or the psychiatrist that just doesn't take it home with them. But a lot of us don't have that skill set, right? So what we absorb And what makes us emotional when we hear it can't show for them. Out of that example, I'm going to suggest a little lesson learned here at the end of 2020. Because burnout, depression, anxiety, suicide is at an all-time high. And yes, even among healthcare professionals. And yes, even among pharmacists. So I'm going to suggest this, turn off the news and turn the page. Get happy because 2021 is bringing all new opportunities. So with that said, I don't know about you, but I am ready for the holidays. I'm ready for joy and for family, for faith celebrations. And this very last episode that I'm recording today is scheduled to drop on December 10th. So you'll hear it first on Apple Podcasts. And today, as I record this, it's November 25th, the day before Thanksgiving in the U.S. So I celebrate Christmas. So my tree's already up. My house is like partly decorated. The tree's decorated. I'm ready to get my feast prepared for my small family Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow And I'm looking forward to relaxing a bit for a long weekend, finally, because in the U.S. we don't really get a long weekend since the summer. So to have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday off after working kind of, you know, (laughs) a lot of people are still working on Thanksgiving because we're actually cooking, but it's a, a good way. The cooking that feels good with your family and the nurturing and all that kind of stuff. It's a time to feel good again. And so 
that's how it feels for me. All feels well, or at least better now that this year is almost behind us. And it's so funny. So many people I know are doing the same. I take walks around my neighborhood at night if I walk my dog or if I just go for a walk and I see trees up in people's houses. And usually you don't see the the lights celebrating Hanukkah or Christmas going up until, you know, right before the holidays or after Thanksgiving, at least. So it is so funny because, you know, so many people across so many faiths or lack thereof are just ready for a celebration. My Jewish friends are looking forward to Hanukkah, which actually starts tonight as this podcast gets posted on the 10th. My Muslim friends are preparing for Eid, their season of giving. And so many people, regardless of label or faith or worldview or lack thereof, are optimistic and looking forward to joy, unity, and major shifts and connections with our coming year. Do you feel that way? Maybe you do. And maybe you don't. I've worked across all regions of this beautiful, fragile planet that we live on. I've worked in Asia Pacific, Europe, Africa, and Middle East, Latin America, North America. I've had teams in all of these places. I've been able to hire people across the globe and get to know them. And our listeners are global, and they've had multiple cultural changes and bouts of bad news, just like we have in the U.S. So let's throw some cheer right now and some hellos around the world to our countries and our listeners. U.S., India, Canada, Bangladesh, Denmark, Belgium, Poland, Saudi Arabia, Germany, New Zealand, Philippines, Mexico, South Africa, Australia, Russian Federation, and Indonesia, just to name a few of our global listeners this month. Hello, I see you. And I'm so, so glad you join in my radio broadcast. We are so much more similar than we give ourselves credit for. After working across the globe, I know that and I know I have such a love for all people everywhere. I just got an email today from someone that told me they lost their home, burned to the ground in California, and then they lost their horse a few weeks ago. This person runs a charity, a business, and a school in South Africa that my family and I were going to visit this year. And keeping that charity going has been a challenge in the midst of all of their personal challenges and losses. It's been a hard year for so many people. The R in my positive core four, remember that word resilient or having resiliency? It has had its moment as a core attribute that will stay with all of us a long time. It's time to gird up, get ready for 2021 and push back the negative. I think we're all just ready for New Year's Eve 2020 to push some giant reset button in our hearts and minds. And people are really feeling like that's actually gonna happen. You know, whether you're depending on the vaccine, the development of the vaccine, the fading out of the pandemic, which in nature must eventually occur, like this too shall pass. It's a great time to just say, yeah, let's let it go. Let's all collectively turn the page and dig back into our core values that drive the best 
and the highest excellence in all of us. In the pharma industry, in the medical functions, we live and breathe our core values of putting patients first, patient centricity, and creating products that will cure or mitigate disease, that will make the lives of our patients better, that will transform healthcare as we know it. And as healthcare professionals, we have stood with hands on hearts and we've taken the Hippocratic Oath, right? We promised to first do no harm. That was a solemn moment in my career, early on in my career, that I will always be proud of. And that I meant from the bottom of my heart, with my hand over it, first do no harm. We're all raised with some kind of values. And those values inspire us. Maybe they're liberty or happiness or freedom or kindness or equality, justice, accessibility, love, health. The list, of course, goes on depending on how you were raised. In the U.S. and in many other countries that just went through ugly, messy public elections, a return to values means Putting aside the mudslinging of politics to choose unity in our communities, both personal and professional, and supporting our leaders in prayer or other ways, rather than continuing to be part of the problem. Let's not continue in the us against them narrative of criticism and sarcasm. It's time to put the ugliness and the division aside. 2021 is a time to unite. I feel that to my core, and I predict it that that goes for business too. I truly believe from what I've seen this year and what I've just envisioned for the past 11 years, I believe partnerships and good alliances will take a forefront in successful businesses. I'm so glad I'm a businesswoman, and I'm so grateful to work in an industry that always rises above challenges to put our patients and various goals for them first, right? Vision-driven, mission-driven leadership. Like you, I'm a healthcare professional through and through, meaning to serve all means I love all. In a moment, I will get into today's topic, which is going to overview business unusual how 2020 changed healthcare at large. But first, I'm going to do a couple of shout outs for the year and then dig in. Okay, so first I wanna say thanks for these reviews on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, I got a wonderful note from a new extended colleague. I guess she took me up on my offer on a previous recording where I said, hey, reach out to me, ping me on LinkedIn, send me a LinkedIn in message and just put podcast in it so I know you're a listener. And she, this is Amy Pistner, PharmD, Dr. Pistner. And she says, hi, Anne from Sarasota. Thanks for connecting with me on LinkedIn. I wanted to let you know that I've been really enjoying the podcast. Congratulations. Well, thank you, Amy. And Amy's neat because I looked at her profile and she's a consultant pharmacist and she does audits of the other side of my industry, which is the manufacturing side. So that's really neat. We have to maybe get Amy on the show, find out a little bit more about what she does. And also thank you to Pharmaco Pro on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. They wrote, 
and presents thought-provoking and inspiring discussion, not just for pharmacists, but all working professionals who feel that ever-so-present entrepreneurial tug. Yeah, it is ever-so-present. I agree. The Corpreneur podcast gives a peek into the minds of those who have taken the plunge and never looked back. Motivation at its finest. Oh, thank you, PharmacoPro. I want to know who you are. Ping me on LinkedIn or message me somewhere or send us an email at support at RxCR Communications and let us know your name because sometimes when people leave reviews on Apple iTunes, it uses a nickname. So Pharmaco Pro, thank you. Who are you and where are you from? Would definitely love to connect. And then thank you to Kimber Booth. She says, valuable insights for entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs. Ooh, good word. Not a lot of people know that word. Love that. Kimber and I are going to connect in January, and then we're going to get her on the show as well. She says the Corpreneur podcast brings together inspiring and practical information for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. Those are the ones in the companies and has great mindset and her openness brings life to the episodes. Aw, thank you. I appreciate that the guests come from a variety of backgrounds and bring unique viewpoints that I learn from. That's exactly what this is all about. Kimber. And if you've not heard the word entrepreneur, the dictionary actually defines it as a manager within a company who promotes innovative product development and marketing. That's interesting because I think that there's a lot more to what companies do with entrepreneurship these days. I feel like that's a very limited scope for, you know, basically a corpreneur is an entrepreneur. 10x and on fire. <laughs> so both are leaders, entrepreneurs, extrapreneurs, entrepreneurs, you know, entre actually means within, you know, that you're bringing something new to the table. But regardless of what kind of preneur you are, I hope you're a corepreneur and you lead from your values and your heart. We're all leaders and companies are hiring leaders with entrepreneurial skill sets. I get contacted by recruiters frequently and a recent executive opportunity crossed my path and piqued my interest because the job description for this very high level executive VP role, which was a corporate job, called for an entrepreneurial spirit. I thought that that was so refreshing to see it in the job description and on the company's website and on the you know postings that they're putting publicly out there. So if you're a listener of this show, this is probably for you also, right? The entrepreneurial spirit, it's not going to die. It's going to continue to live and it's going to continue to just steamroll into our new era that we're in in business, this post-COVID era that we're entering in 2021. So what I want to do today is take a look back over the year in terms of what that lens looked like for a variety of business endeavors across healthcare. For some healthcare professionals, and I mean frontline healthcare professionals in pharmacy, in hospital, it meant in the beginning of COVID being flung headlong into an invisible battle that they didn't choose to fight without proper uniform or protection. When everybody else was shutting down and going home, quote unquote, safely inside of our homes, which to me personally is a misnomer, because if someone has it and you're in their home stuck with them, <laughs> you're going to get COVID too. 
But that's when our frontline healthcare professionals went to work. Community pharmacists coming face to face with patients daily with no masks and plexiglass barriers in the very beginning, they were scared to go to work. And for those of us from pharmacy families, we were scared for them or nursing families or physician families. Hospital workers, I need not remind you, had learned a new gowning procedure as negative pressure COVID floors were installed. It was scary for my niece who was a nurse on those floors. The downside was stress and fear all around. The upside, if you will, and there was an upside. There's always a silver lining. There's always a rainbow in a storm. Where the newfound camaraderies and teamwork that brought people together, again, partnerships. Another upside was the thanks and recognition healthcare workers received publicly for our nurses, doctors, and other frontline institutional staff. I remember having to go to a doctor's appointment at Cleveland Clinic, which is near me in South Florida, and it's a great hospital. And I loved seeing the big banners up that said, thank you, healthcare workers. You know, they were appreciated and they did a beautiful job getting me in, getting my hands sanitized, taking my temperature and letting me through. And, you know, on one hand, I know healthcare has shifted and that will continue to shift for a while, the way things are done. I've worked in both community and hospital pharmacy, and I know friends and family currently in both of those roles now. But as many of you know, 23 of my healthcare career years have been in the oversight and in executive positions of research and development and medical affairs activities in the pharmaceutical industry and the biotech world or biopharma. So let's explore pharma and biotech now, and let's see how the business of healthcare and drug development was affected. I've worked at large global companies like GSK, Baxter, and others in global executive roles, and I'm the founder of a medical communications firm, RXCR Communications, which is in service to that industry. So these are many of my clients. They're, they're Merck and Glaxo and Pfizer and Alnilam and lots of companies that I've worked with. So I have my finger on the pulse of the VP and the C-suite level. That's the pulse that I have felt this year. And that's the world I consult in. So in our world in biotech, in some ways, we were relatively unaffected. Now I say that tongue in cheek, some ways. In other ways, it was greatly affected. So let's get the obvious out of the way, the greatly affected part. The global race to create the fastest vaccine ever on planet Earth with the most amazing come together of global teams ever has probably changed or precipitated a new precedent on getting drugs to market faster. Well, personal opinion, I don't believe you need to fear that much that it's going to be this new, new, fast, fast all the time. It will still be fast and it will still be all the time because that's our industry. But I don't believe the precedent will really happen because in simplistic terms, the magnitude of this event globally with so many cases meant millions and millions of people willing to be enrolled quickly in multiple studies being conducted simultaneously all over the world 
as trials sped on, if you understand how trials work, which I'm going to get to next year on the show. As opposed to, for example, a case of enrolling patients in a rare disease clinical trial, where finding patients is literally like finding a needle in a haystack. In some rare diseases, it can take 12 to 14 years between a patient having significant life-changing and altering symptoms to when they're actually diagnosed with this very rare disease. So that was the big news, the whole COVID vaccine so fast. When I started off my career in SmithKline-Beacham back in 1998, I actually started my career at Wyeth for a year and then went to uh, SmithKline-Beacham in 1998. But I was in the anti-infectives and anti-vaccine, antiviral division of GSK. And I loved what I did running the anti-infective side, especially the respiratory anti-infective side, doing global clinical trials. But vaccine development back in the day and still, when done safely, can take anywhere between five to 10 years. And right now, all over the world, global trials speed on. I mean, go and Google it. If you don't know anything about clinical trials, just put clinical trials, COVID, and see what comes up. You're going to get invitations to join a trial if you're healthy and could maybe take a vaccine. And people are doing this, and maybe they're getting a little compensation, but it's nothing compared to the risk. So thank you to everybody who's participating from the developers to the companies, to the Pfizer and AstraZeneca and the Modernas of the world. And so, so, so many other companies that have multiple studies ongoing and have collaborated across the globe. The meetings that I've been in this year would blow your mind. When I've been on the phone with China, with Germany, with so many countries developing theirs to get to their ministry of health fast, to get to our FDA fast. We're all in this together. This is not any kind of one country is leading the way. This has been the most amazing collaborative event in history. I'm so proud of it. So that was the big news. Now the not so big news was that the business in some ways was relatively unaffected in the sense that this is an office type business that gets on a plane and goes to the Congresses, the medical Congresses, the events, the conferences. But for the most part, well, you might call it a nine to five job, but it's anything but that when you're in leadership, (laughs) it's like the 7am to 7pm job. And that's putting it likely, especially when you have a global remit and your teams are up at 2am and and then your teams in California aren't going to bed and, you know, till 8 p.m. your time. And it's really a 24-hour job in some ways. And, and the burnout factor is really there. But the reason we were unaffected is because office workers went home, switched into their work at home mode, which many had once a week, twice a week, or sometimes multiple times a week, like an MSL works from home, remote employee. And we knew Zoom. We knew WebEx, we knew Microsoft Teams, we knew GoToMeeting and all these other existing platforms. We were already living what's known as in entrepreneurship, the laptop life. So that's how business was the same. The type of business we did was the same. 
our launch plans for different products all marched forward. And the biggest challenge and shift came in creating new ways of doing our business. How are MSLs going to be out in the field? How are they going to go virtual? How long are their visits going to be? What's the right time? Is it 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour? When before it used to be a lunch and learn. How can you send lunch to the hospital while, while the MSL does their thing on the phone? Going virtual caused our many medical congresses and educational events also to shift gears and figure out technology to help them and assist them. So it's easy to put 6,000 people in the San Diego Convention Center for DIA last year, and it's wonderful to connect with your people there where you get a chance to go and, and hug and, and present in your groups and to your forums and, and in your chair and chair your groups and all that. But how do you get 6,000 people in a Zoom room? <laughs> In some cases, it went off without a hitch. And in others, oh, I was in those others. It caused entire networks and meetings to shut down. And then they said, they're sorry, and we'll reschedule. And they rescheduled, and then it was glorious. Go HBA, you did it. In any given year, I travel to at least two or three congresses, and I speak at at least five or six more for conferences, et cetera. And usually at least once a month, I'm on a plane going somewhere, giving a keynote, delivering a panel talk or chairing something or doing some kind of meeting with one of my top clients, you know, just sitting there doing a VIP day with them and, and hammering out what does that next timeline look for you? You know, what's this business plan or this framework look for you? And in my industry, this is true for the entire landscape of professional executives, vendors and consultants that all come together with travel. So for us, the travel shutdown was big. For many, it came as a uh, sigh of relief, a welcome breather. For others, there were major hurdles to doing work at home, while other family members were also grounded working at home. And a source of major stress, home with pets and kids and dogs barking. But we all somehow made it and we all somehow got into our groove and people became people again. The egos were shattered, which was nice, right? And human stories started coming out. I hope that impacts business as we know it forever. Many people have even kind of slacked off. I mean, kind of gotten a little comfortable not traveling. <laughs> I know people that say they don't want it to go back to the way it was before. Some of us and I collectively group us in these statements, so we're not pointing any fingers or any blame. But some of us don't even fit in our suits anymore, thanks to that darn quarantine 15. So I think maybe uh, companies are lightening up even on their dress code. I come from a very formal suits-on industry. But I think this goes for many of our industries, like tech, STEM, IT as well, which have very similar ways of working to my industry. Everybody was affected, but everybody's a person. So we're going back to helping the person and being a person that works. Banking was greatly affected with the rollout of the PPP loan in the U.S. and the shutdown of their branches while the corporate offices operated on overdrive. Many other countries had very similar experiences as well. And if you ask my friend who's a VP at Wells Fargo Bank, she'd say, boy, that was an understatement. Yeah life was affected. 
for schools and colleges, these hybrid or blended models went into effect. So finally, for entrepreneurs, it was the year of the pivot. In fact, in January, I recorded one of my episodes that released this year, the episode with Dolores Hirschman. And we predicted the proverbial pivot. We said, wow, 2020 is going to be amazing. We're so excited. Everybody started off this year knowing something great was going to happen. And then when COVID hit, pivot was the word everyone used. So when trouble strikes, why do we think, oh, we were wrong? No, we weren't wrong. Something great happened. What if we looked at COVID and the political unrest and all these problems and all these movements that sprung up as something great really did happen in 2020? Something changed the way we will do business forever. Not since the industrial age was born has that really happened. The opportunity is tremendous. For those who owned and operated their own businesses, it meant a mega shift in the way businesses and especially business development and marketing was done. Second, it was also a year of camaraderies and collaboration and partnership. I've personally experienced wonderful breakthroughs in the pharma industry, as well as in the women's entrepreneur groups that I'm a part of, like the trust where women are led to be in groups that are open to the sharing of ideas and support of each other. For sure, partnerships are going to be a key to success in the future of doing business in a crowded world. We are not just bombarded online with social media, but via email and on TV and in stores and in commercials. It's everywhere. We've always lived in this too much, too fast, all the time, linear world. And like I've said so many times, these worn out linear business models of doing things like I published in my book are gone forever. You know, I remember growing up where there were three brand choices of jelly on the shelves at the store to go with my peanut butter. And now I can walk into any given supermarket and there's literally hundreds. It's too much. So This is a really a talk for entrepreneurs because prior to 2020, the reason we planned the launch of this podcast this year is because I kept coming across the same leadership issues over and over as a biotech executive and as a consultant co-creating with my biotech clients. The women especially would tell me how they were so exhausted every Monday. The weekend wasn't enough. And I remember those days. I still get caught up in that. Even as an entrepreneur, I still get caught up in that. As an executive, I get caught up in that. And I did when I was inside of a larger organization. This year just happened to be that proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. From millions of jobs lost to overworked executive quitting their jobs in droves to start something more fulfilling. It's been pretty epic. I'll give you a big tip. To be successful as an entrepreneur requires balance and structure, and it requires clean headspace and heart space and open mindsets, and it requires 100% originality. There's no such thing as a copycat. If you think so, go back and listen to my episode with Allie Brown entitled Copycats and Thieves. 
You'll learn how to protect yourself as an entrepreneur because you will be copied. But it doesn't require workaholism to get your goal accomplished. Although many of us type A's fall in that trap because that's what we've learned in our Western-minded workaholic societies. Yes, there are times to work very hard. We all have them. And there are times we put our hands to, to the plow and we don't stop until that ground is plowed and ready for the seeds to come in because the rains are coming. You get it? There's a sowing and reaping in business. There's a time and a season in business. But the hard work ethic doesn't always serve us as a badge of honor. The badge comes loose and ends up pricking us if we're not careful. If you need help in the department of mindset and life balance, maybe I can help. Not only do I formally mentor a few elite business owners each year, pharma business owners, especially, or medical affairs business owners, especially. So I know what they ask. But what I'm trying to say is I knew that this was going to happen. And so I decided to publish this podcast. This is a help for you. If this is your first episode, go back and listen to the others. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are listened to because we are now global. And also, or on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Also, go ahead and get a copy of my book, Affluent Minds. It's on Amazon and wherever books are sold all around the world as well. The title of my book, Affluent Minds, Core Expressions for a Rich and Wonderful Life, is for you. You are literally hearing and witnessing a narrative unfold. This is the time for corpreneurs to rise. And if you need a little clarity, whether in your job right now, or in your pharmacy, or in your hospital, or in your business, whether it's yours or someone else's and you're a part of it, but you're a leader and you're craving that white space and breathing room. And if that would help you, then check out the book on Amazon. And if you do, I'd love to hear about it if it helped you. All right. We have just overviewed the changes across the healthcare industry in 2020. Those are the big, big buckets that 2020 brought us. It's so useful to see the big picture of business and see where you stand in it. So I hope that was a useful exposition for you. If it was, let me know and leave me a great review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. I would love to shout you out in our January episode. So this brings us to the close of a very successful season one of the Corpreneur Podcast. I had no idea launching this podcast where it would go or the amazing receptivity it would get on the pharmacy podcast and beyond. We are nearing, we've actually in the past couple of months tripled the amount of listeners and we are getting on any given weekend, Todd Yuri from the Pharmacy Podcast Network sometimes will ping me or text me and say, we launched the podcast at five o'clock, Anne, and you've already received 1,600 downloads. So on average, even without being able to count iHeartRadio and all the other venues, we're getting about 3,000 downloads an episode. And that's just phenomenal. I'm humbled and I'm so happy. I've spent the majority of 2020 discussing topics of entrepreneurship 
to give you a broader perspective. And we've brought on some great entrepreneurial guests that have made the shift, made the break from corporate to freedom. And that's a little nod to this wonderful download that I have for you, the corporate to freedom checklist. You guys are grabbing it and you're using it and you're writing it, the stuff down. And, and, and some of you are calling and saying, okay, coach me through this. This is great. I love hearing from you. But as a result of the connections I've made with other pharmacists and healthcare professionals like you, I spend a lot of time really thinking about the questions you send in. And my two biggest questions by far are, Anne, how do I break into the pharmaceutical industry? That's for those like really wanting to shift out of healthcare and do something more with their lives, more with their brain, because it's so great to do that. But sometimes after they've been there for a while and either their job has ended early, which happens in early retirement forced packages, especially for women, or they've been laid off this year, or they come to the realization that maybe their quote unquote dream job that they thought they were getting is not maybe a perfect fit for them. They approach me and say, Anne, how can I break out of the pharmaceutical industry? The answer is relatively the same. With the skills of an entrepreneur, you can break any ceiling in any industry by learning entrepreneurship and you can start and scale any business. This year, we focused on entrepreneurs like me who have left some kind of industry and have done it really well. A lot of the women I'm interviewing have knocked it out of the park. And guys, like amazing. And next year, we'll focus on the corporate healthcare warrior. So we're going to go to the intrapreneur or the corporate corepreneur, the healthcare warrior with the entrepreneurial spirit. I am and have been both. So I look forward to teaching more and bringing all new guests on in season two. In January, I'll kick off season two myself, and I'll be describing the functions of the pharmaceutical industry for all of our listeners who have asked me, hey, you know so much, start teaching. So these are people who want to shift into the pharmaceutical industry, whether it be as an MSL, in safety, pharmacovigilance, HEOR, or health economics outcomes research, medical writing, clinical research, medical affairs, therapy strategy, what does that mean? Medical information, medical communications, what's the difference? Patient advocacy, medical writing, medical publications, what's the difference between the pubs group in MedCom versus med writing? What's medical communications? What's corporate communications? How do they differ? I'll have guests outside of the industry describing what medical informatics is and, and, and how pharmacists have been participating in that. So many people have asked for it, and I've been honored to oversee almost all of these functions in my career. It will be really fun to teach it, and you're going to hear my story of how I broke into the industry in mid-January. Then we're going to hear from some amazing guests that I have lined up that have led their own various teams, groups, and fascinating entrepreneurial initiatives across healthcare, pharmacy, and the pharmaceutical world. So season two will be focus on pharma. It will be on fire and it will be great for anyone such as MDs, PharmDs, nurses who want to hear or be part of this world and who've caught the entrepreneurial bug. So even if they get in, you realize you're probably going to go into a pharmaceutical company 
that's lean and agile or has a flat organizational structure, which means you do more with less budget. (laughs) And so having that entrepreneurial spirit and mindset and skill set and having a basic understanding of the industry, roles within the industry, you'll walk away with some top secrets to getting your foot in the door of our proverbial ivory tower. You can get in. It's easier than when I got in. So I'll share my story. I think you'll like it. I'm also going to talk about how top executives stay centered, open, resilient, and energized, and going to revisit some of the guests that I had on my previous podcast called V3, which was part of the ACMA, the Accreditation Council of Medical Affairs. So if you're already in this industry, you'll hear a broad overview of these functions to broaden your perspective and make you a better leader and stakeholder to these departments. And if you're all already on full-on entrepreneurship and services your goal, you'll hear the challenges at the core of each department so you can help formulate your own new way of doing things better. So there's something for everyone coming up in season two for all of our corepreneur listeners. And just a sneak peek, I'll be hosting a couple of masterclasses next year. So if you are interested in getting on our mailing list, just use the connect form on my website, anrvzu.com, or download any of the free resources that I have. You can take a burnout quiz. You can get the corporate to freedom checklist. And I have another checklist coming for 2021 that I'll launch in January as well for those who want to break into the pharmaceutical industry or any industry. There's certain skills of entrepreneurship that every corporate entrepreneur, entrepreneur will need to master in the next 10 years. And really the clock starts now. So in message me on LinkedIn, email me at support at rxcrcommunications.com. And as far as social media goes, LinkedIn is still my primary platform. Twitter is also, and if you want a little inspiration, you can go to my Facebook page, Anarvizu Official or on Instagram, join me, or find me on our Corpreneur Connect Facebook group. We just launched a little Facebook group to create a community because I thought, well, I think my Corpreneur listeners might like a place to gather together and get some insider information. So next year, I'll be launching a four-week flexible online course called Corpreneur Academy where I coach a small group through my framework for business and life success as an incubator for startup success. But it's an incubator accelerator for high-level entrepreneurial executives that if you've got caught somehow with your horns in the thicket and you're not able to move forward or you've lost your job or you're just ready to quit that day job, this will be the reset button that you need and the fast track from corporate to freedom that you need to grow your business. That group, Corpreneur Connect on Facebook, will grow once the membership in that community of business leaders grows as well. So get in on the ground floor while it's free. I'll be putting together something monthly, something to help and uplift all the member businesses that are in that group. And we'll be doing a monthly Corpreneur Connect call. I'm looking forward to that because this is a one-way ticket. When you launch a podcast, I'm just talking to a red dot on my computer, right? So if you want to connect with me, 
and ask any questions, it's free to join just with a few questions. My team fields the application and I hope to see you there. Also upcoming, it's the end of the year, but there's still a couple of fun events I'm participating in. If you're a woman entrepreneur presently and you have heard about or know about this Empower Her Summit, I've been honored to be one of the guest speakers. That's actually going on, I believe, this evening when the when the podcast is launching on iTunes and I am a guest speaker. So you'll get to see me on video if you're part of that conference and if uh, you've heard this episode in time. I'll be sharing a message from their awesome virtual stage. It's a free event. I think it's a ticket event for the VIPs. And I heard through the grapevine that there will be upwards of 50,000 participants when all is said and done. So catch it for free while you can if you've heard this in time. Also on December 18th, I'll be part of RX Fusion Live, the biggest live audio event in pharmacy hosted by Todd Yuri a.k.a. the Todd Caster and the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network and one of my previous guests on one of our episodes. So if you're not subscribed, you can go subscribe to Corpreneur Podcast or the Pharmacy Podcast Network and learn more about that. I can't wait for that. Looking forward to connecting with all of my hosts. It's going to be a very powerful event and it's the end of a powerfully changed year. And I really, from the bottom of my heart, want to just wish you happy, holy, beautiful, peaceful holidays to everyone and your families, to health, to happy Hanukkah, to happy Eid, to Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. And whoever you are and wherever you are and whatever you believe, I wish you peace and success. Take care and see you in 2021. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave me a rating and review. If you are ready to make your move to entrepreneurial freedom and success, success. then take action now. Head over to my website, anarvizu.com and get our most requested free download. Your 10-step corporate to freedom checklist is a transformational self-assessment tool that will help you visualize and create a life and business you truly deserve. Until next time, stay centered, open, resilient, and energized. energized.